I'm going keto. I'm doing the Atkins diet. I'm doing South Beach, but I don't know. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kid's pastor share their messy attempt at raising a Christ-centered family. We may not know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos. I'm Kathleen here with my husband. Joel. Hey, how you doing? Wait, we'll get to that. (laughs) Hi, welcome back. Are you talking to them or me when you say how you doing? I have no idea. There we go. Today, we're talking about taking care of our bodies. I like to call the episode God Bod. Um, I always give every episode a funny name like that I write down somewhere else, but then don't really use even. You totally use the funny title in the episode title. Hashtag God Bod. But before we get to our. My God Bod. Our God Bods. It's time for the family check-in. So now it's time for the family check-in. Now, not earlier when I did it. Yeah. (laughs) Now it's time for family check-in. Thank you. Where we check in with each other, and we want to remind you to check in with your family, see how they're doing, get a really check-in. We do a lot of, how are you? Fine. How was school? Good. No, check. push a little. Get some answers. Find out how your family's doing. Wife, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, We talked last week about how I cut back work five hours, so I have all of this additional margin but i'm i used today i literally stuck levi in front of the tv the whole time dane was at kindergarten today like cleaned the whole house from top to bottom like went through all my drawers conmarried everything like, tidied did it like of every single drawer our house looks fantastic right now but i was super busy today doing it and then i came home and <laughs> weren't you already home i was already home but then a package came to the door and uh we just had a conversation about how you spent 50 bucks that I was not (laughs) expecting you to spend right after I neurotically budgeted our entire life. So how are you and your new video game thing doing? We were doing pretty well, (laughs) except for the fact that we just had to pause recording so I could pull a quarter inch splinter out of my leg. I think Um, you put the splinter in there just to be dramatic. No, it's been there for... Two weeks now, apparently. It really was a quarter inch, too. He made me verify that before he said on recording exactly well, how long it was. Because I knew if I said how long it was without asking, you'd be like, it wasn't really. You're not um, very good at uh, measuring no. distances. And I just, I only mentioned that because you often like to accuse me of being a weenie, a wussy, a sissy boy. Um, you put so, band-aids on scratches that don't break the skin. Uh, See? Literally, <laughs> seconds after... I dug into my leg with a needle. Oh, no, I told you that was a good Band-Aid one. Yeah, that was like you, something I would validly put a Band-Aid like, on. Ha, ha, sounds. Um, so anyways, maybe I'm just cautious about my injuries. And it's not about being a weak person. It's you about being what? smart. I don't think medically. I would mind all of the Band-Aids that you used if you actually threw away the wrappers from the Band-Aids and didn't just <laughs> leave them on the counter. But also, I am nutty tired. Uh, Why? Am, I've been... Well, you got rid of five hours of work this week. I added hours okay, of work this week. We've been doing training. But, I've but been hours of work training. for you just means like less work because you're not at home watching the kids. Yeah. Like, but also the children have decided that I don't get to sleep anymore. Yeah, that's so true. So they've been that. spending all night working really hard at kicking me a bunch. I am worn to the bones. I'm not worn to the bones. So I bought myself a toy. 
and then I forgot to tell Kathleen about it. Did not go well for him. No, it didn't. And I, Mia culpa, I apologize like 14 times. I've never gotten mad at you for bringing home big bags of Target stuff. I know, but that's the whole point. I don't bring home big bags of Target stuff anymore because we are on a budget. (laughs) It's been at least a week. It has been 24 days. Let's move on to our topic where we talk about how my body is a temple, but more of a temple coffee in that it's full of caffeine and pastries. You realize that temple coffee is a is local, local place. <laughs> so anybody outside of the uh, the area will not know what you're like, talking that's about. That's a weird comment. It is a weird There's comment. There's a coffee place here called Temple Coffee. Yes. That was the joke. So looking to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The way we take care of our body matters. And it is not our body to take care of. It is God's body that we're taking care of. And today we're going to talk about how to sort of balance um, taking care of our body and then not turning that into its own idol. And so we're going to do that through nutrition, exercise, and stress and mental health management. We're not looking at addiction because that's really its own animal and we can't really speak to that on an individual basis. Um, We're not talking about health things like getting a colonoscopy or going to the doctor, even though that is its kind of own interesting thing as parents because we tend to just not do those things. And that's part of it. I mean, getting checkups and stuff and getting your flu shot or whatever is part of taking care of yourself and respecting what you've been given. First area we want to talk about is nutrition. And before we even go into the scripture, I was wondering, what do you think of your own nutrition? Like on a scale from <laughs> one to 10, um, how would you rate yourself? I, I'm going to give me a six to seven. Ooh. Solid 6.5. Mm, I think you're really good with Week it. six. A six is, is You know valid. what? I don't eat a lot. You really don't. So I get points for that. But I also don't eat terribly healthily. We're eating better now. Yes, generally, we we we, su- we subscribe to a meal subscription service, and that means mostly because we need the nutrition at the yeah. Point. And, well, it means that we're eating vegetables at least three times a week. It yeah. means that we are um, eating portion at home, sizes. and the portion sizes are controlled. Um, and it's like I think that has made a big difference um, over mm-hmm. the last year. It's it's been really great for me learning how to cook. Me taking the time to slow down and cook and not just like microwave something for all of us. So that's been really good, like mentally for me and develop like developing my ability to like know how long chicken needs to be on a pan. It's been really good nutritionally. I mean, when I say really good, I mean, it took us from like a four to a six, I would say, because we still have quite a few donuts. Yeah, I'm not I'm not avoiding sweets as much as I should. Mm I'm not making sure that my my lunches aren't terribly healthy. They're not bad. It's just like a sandwich, but it's like a sandwich. It's, but, and, and that's the whole thing with you, right? It's not a huge sandwich. It is yeah. a sandwich. It's not good for you, but you really don't overdo it with portion size. How's your nutrition? I'm going to give myself a six also. You I get think, better than a six. No, no, no. I, I eat way less sugar than you do, but I eat way, way more food than you do. My portions are out of control. They have always been out of control. That is a thing that I always deal with. So um, I, I think it really balances out pretty evenly because it was like, if you look at the food that I eat that you don't eat, it's just more of the food that we eat together. And the food that you eat that I don't eat, it's not that much food, but it's all sugar. 
um, because I'm just not a, a big sugar person. So if we look to 1 Corinthians 10, 23, so this is not really talking about exactly what it sounds like, but I'm going to I'm going to tie this baby up in a second. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. This is talking about the old rules. They don't apply. The old way of doing things that we need to earn our way, that we need to be correct and be right and do the right things. Specifically in this case, they were talking about eating the right thing. Well, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all things for the glory of God. So that's 1 Corinthians 10.31. Yes. And they were talking about eating animals that had been sacrificed to other gods. Yeah. And Paul's argument was, they're fake gods. Who cares? Somebody else barbecued the meat for us. They said some words around the meat that meant nothing. But the rules don't apply to us. And what I'm doing is building up the Corinthians, who this used to be part of their culture. And I'm, you know, they don't eat what we eat. So you're probably wondering if that's what it's really about. How does it apply? It's that sort of thing where if you really look at the words of it, all things are lawful. You can do what you want, but they aren't always helpful and they don't always build you up. So when you're looking at your nutrition from a biblical standpoint, you can look at like what is helpful? What is building me up? Um, like what is constructive with regard to my nutrition? And what um, is getting in the way of other things that aren't nutrition? Yeah, because the, the bottom line is like we have a call on us from God. Our bodies um, are something from God that we're called to take care of. Food is one of the ways of taking care of our bodies. That is all an important thing. But food is not only given to us in order to fuel our bodies to do God's work. It's, if you look at two, Ecclesiastes 3.13, also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all of his toil. This is God's gift to man, right? We have a world full of flavors and spices and delicious butter. And, and that is a gift from God when it's being appreciated in that way and not being used for something else. But food can trigger in us those chemical responses that we can use to replace God. Um, we can I, use to replace lots of things. We eat when we're bored. We eat when we're sad. My new favorite joke is the brain says, I don't know if I'm bored or if I'm depressed. And the stomach says, neither do I, but let's eat until we find out. <laughs> um, the two main pitfalls of eating, um, I've always had a problem with emotional eating, right? Mm -hmm. I am unfulfilled. So I will use food to attempt to bring me either joy or fulfillment or contentment instead of seeking those things from God. I have been doing that my whole life. Even when I didn't know God, that makes total sense. I literally ate. I was a prodigious eater as a teenager. Like when I start to tell people what I ate, it was like three double doubles and three fries from in and out two foot long sandwiches. Every time I went to Subway, um, I'm trying to think, Oh, like I would eat entire pizzas by myself sitting down like large pizzas. And it was just like, I was very unfulfilled. I was very joyless and I was always uncomfortable and I would just try to fill myself with food and, and seek what I could, what I didn't have from food. That's the thing though. It doesn't help. It, it literally fills you up, but it figuratively really empties you out. Cause when you eat that much, it's not, it's counterproductive 
in its nutritional value, that it's actually slowing you down, it's depressing you, it's you're trying to fill an emotional hole with food. <laughs> you're making yourself more miserable. Yeah, you're making yourself more miserable because it's not filling the hole and also it's literally making you unhealthy and unable to deal with things and tired and sad. So my thing is overeating, but some people <clears throat> may not overeat, <clears throat> but might seek certain um, chemicals. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Why do you keep coughing? Do you have a cough? That's weird. <laughs> um, I mean, for those people who are addicted to sugar, to carbohydrates, um, to it's really, I mean, that's the worst one. That's the one that comes up over and over again. Nobody's addicted to like red meat. People eat red meat. Red meat doesn't trigger the same issues. Yeah. I remember having a conversation with you and the kids' godparents where you guys were talking about seized candy and which ones you liked and which ones you didn't like. <laughs> and I remember having like a real moment where I didn't understand what was going on because they're just all sugar and it's all good. It's all sugar and chocolate and that is all good. Fat and sugar and chocolate. And I see that in our youngest a lot more than our oldest. Our youngest yeah, is very oldest is, Our oldest is driven. like me. And it does worry me a little because it is that chemicals as fulfillment that make you feel good. They And then you don't get it and then you feel bad. And looking to the wrong thing. Looking yeah. to food and the chemicals in those foods to make you feel better and to make your life worth it. And that's not what it is. It's, I mean, you know, there's so much else going on that... Food is not God. You know what else is not God? Nutrition. <laughs> well, we talked about, like, the bad, like, we were, we're like, oh, we're bad eaters, we're uncareful, we use mm -hmm. food to replace God. But it can go completely the other way, where um, being obsessed with your nutrition um, becomes its own kind of idol. Because you're so obsessed with holding on to control of how your body functions and how healthy your body is and what your body looks like. You keep saying you're. I'm like sorry. You're talking yeah, to me. No, this is clearly me. <laughs> um, that you become obsessed with what you put into your body, not because it's what's best for the will of God and not because it is a joyful thing, but because you are trying to hold on to control that you should, mm -hmm. you should be letting go of. Now that I, I'm thinking about it, as we're talking about this, the time in our relationship when you, I think, were the unhappiest also was the time when you were, I think, the most focused on this kind of thing, nutrition and exercise, and your body was not responding to you. Yeah. It, it, you couldn't control it because of other things going on, and the fact that you didn't have the control. Drove me yeah, bazonkers, yes. Really hurt you. Um, I think uh, this is like a time where you're like, you know, I have notepads of counting my daily calories, which I'm, I'm not like saying is always bad. If you are somebody who is trying to learn what an appropriate number of calories in a day is to eat, I think it's a good practice. But when you are desperately trying to get down to the last like three or four pounds and you're doing it by trying to like figure out your calorie deficit and you're keeping neurotic notepads. When the calorie counting becomes... We're I gone. can't go. We can't go there because I've already eaten this many calories today. Yeah. Um, we can't eat that food. We can't go to that place. I can't because I'm not going to be able to enjoy it. It comes back to what we were talking about last week, which is the calorie counting isn't the goal. The goal is health and nutrition. If the calorie counting becomes the goal, it becomes the God. It becomes what you're seeking. That 
that might be a problem. Well, and it is just that that obsession with control over mm-hmm. over your body. And, and the same thing is, it's mine was calorie counting. Some people, it's these kind of like miracle diets, like oh, I'm going keto. I'm doing the Atkins diet. I'm doing uh, South Beach, but I don't know all, what all of them are. But you know, like if I just do this, I'll be able to control what I look like. Or the other thing that I thought about is this. Um, these vitamins and um, things. I'm missing my B12. I'm missing my blah, 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 where you're like obsessively trying to ingest supplements and vitamins. It's Mm -hmm. like, don't, you don't want to disregard that. Um, But if you were kind of the person that's spending 60 bucks a a month on vitamins um, because you're afraid that you've missed something that God isn't going to provide for you or that you're going to die if you don't get your beta care. I don't know what beta carotene is. your doctor says, but. Right, no, but it's not, that's not what it is. It's when you kind of self-research out of fear and start spending time and energy and money it's, on that sort of thing. It's take a step back, look at what you're doing and ask yourself, am, am I eating? Is it bringing me joy, family meals, those fun things? Am I eating for nourishment? We're parents. We've all been there where we are shoving graham crackers or in our mouth. those little kid puff things. Because <laughs> we just need food right now. Or am I eating for some other reason? And if it is another reason, is it good for you? Does it glorify God? Are you eating in a godly way? Another way we can take care of our body is through exercise. We look to 1 Timothy 4.8. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. And as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. That sounds like Timothy trying to get out of exercising. <laughs> Timothy. His wife said, Timothy, you need to go for jogging. He said, look, bodily exercise is valuable, but. I think the thing is, exercise is victory over the flesh. His point is that it only lasts as long as your body lasts. um, And the benefit only lasts as long as your body lasts. But when you're exercising at the expense of your eternal view, then it becomes a problem, which is exactly what we said with regard to nutrition, but he said it with regard to exercise. So what is godly exercise? If it is preparing us to be fit enough to do what God is calling us to do, if it is um, fitness for the ability to experience creation and take joy in God's creation. Um, So I'm thinking like traveling and going hiking and just taking care of our grandchildren. I don't have a grandchild, but you you get the general. yeah. Yeah. If it's doing one of those ends or some other godly reason um, that we did not think of and put on the list, um, then exercise is fine. In fact, another one I even thought of later was we have really close friends that are really involved in their CrossFit gym. And the reality is that CrossFit is kind of like its own little weird church. And you build these relationships with people. And these relationships are important Um for you to witness, right? Like, I'm not saying they're going up to people and being like, let me tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but they live a life. Um, they live their life in proximity to this other community and this other community gets to peek in to what a Christian life is like. Um, so in that way, as long as their fitness doesn't get in the way of what they're yeah. doing for God, they are doing something for God through their fitness. Yeah. And they're ridiculously mm. good looking fit people anyway. So they, are the worst. they better get talking to the CrossFit people because God knows we're not going to. <laughs> yeah, it can fitness can also just be a necessity sometimes. I and mean, for you particularly, your job involves a lot of jumping and dancing and chasing little kids. My job it requires me to be physically fit. In fact, when I was younger and I started this job, people asked me all the time. They were like, "I just don't know how you have the energy to do it." And I would like look at them blankly and be like, "It's 
like I just wake up and do it. And now that I'm 34, I'm like, oh, that's why they were asking that question all the time, because I am exhausted after a day of ministry at this point. It's exhausting. It it really, whatever your ministry is, though, it, I mean, you need exercise to live. You need, you just need to be healthy. We don't, we have a very sedentary society because of life. I sit at a desk all day and it wears me out. Well, and and the other thing is, and we and most of our listeners' primary call in this life is our as our role as parents. I don't want to be like super exclusive and say, like, I guess that would be ableist and say that being able to be physically fit and run around with your kids and care for your kids and pick up your kids is an absolutely necessary to be a good parent, but it doesn't hurt. And if we are unable to do those things with our kids because we are not taking care of our body from a fitness standpoint, then we're not living to the full potential of our most important call. We can also inspire others. And when I say we, I mean you. <laughs> well, I whether it is in the like very passive way of like, oh, I exercise and I have all this energy, right? Because people look at me and they're like, how do you have all the well, energy? You do inspire our children to exercise. Yes. Yes, inspiring. You shame me, but you inspire them. That is, I'm really bad at shaming you about it. But you're just like... Honestly, it doesn't bother me that you don't exercise. It bothers me that you like think you are like, yeah, I worked out twice last week. I'm like, that was literally nine weeks ago when you worked out twice. <laughs> like you are deluded about how often you exercise. But regardless, um, I'm not really talking about me. I'm talking about people who have that kind of almost public fitness lifestyle when they are inspiring others to take better care of their body. That is its own call and its own ministry. And if it doesn't fall to one of the pitfalls, it can be um, a way of glorifying God as well. Yeah, as long as you don't let yourself become the idol there, which is a danger. Well, and that that is the main pitfall is, right, when your worth is wrapped up in your fitness, um, that then it has become an idol. And I have definitely, um, I have I have gone down this path really, really far, both both as an athlete where my worth was in my ability to perform as an athlete. And then once I was done with swimming, um where my worth was very much wrapped up in what I looked like physically. And it was like, it wasn't even like, oh, I want to be hot. It was like, I want people to not think that I was an athlete that fell apart. That is like a bigger part of the motivation than anything else. Yeah, I don't want people to think that like, oh yeah, once she stopped swimming, she gained a bunch of weight and isn't fit anymore. Um, and I have, I have at different points in my life been obsessed with that. So you're worried about what the world thinks of you on a measurement of worldly values. And not, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Which is like what you have to like say. That's like the whole having grace for myself is that like, I don't need to be perfectly fit all the time. And I don't need to, I mean, it helps to fit into my jeans so that I don't have to keep buying new jeans. But you do love but my worth jeans. is not in my jeans. Um, <laughs> um, anyway. Um, I think a significant amount of our net worth is in your genes. <laughs> but. Um, and, and then it also goes to the same thing as nutrition, where um, obsessive fitness um, can be a control issue, where you are trying to control something that God is in control of. Um, we are meant to take care of our bodies um, to to do and to obey God. And when I am trying to manipulate my body um, with fitness and whatever to look a certain way to please people who are not God. Um, and I, that's me not being willing to cede control. Um, and honestly, I have really gone down this path, but 
the um, the freedom from it came with having kids. And I think I would I wonder how many women experience this. I know some women really struggle with like their bodies falling apart when they have children because literally just everything just falls apart. You did gain a lot of weight when you were pregnant, yeah, li- like a kid's worth. Oh, that's adorable because a kid <laughs> is eight pounds and I gained 60. I wasn't going to say nothing. <laughs> well, there you go. I have no problem. I'm actually pretty proud of how much I gained because I'm a big girl and I gained 60 pounds and that's fine. Um, but as soon as I got pregnant with Dane and I started to gain weight, I knew that I was not in control of my body anymore and that I wasn't responsible for being in control of my body. I still worked out, but I was like doing like stretching and yoga and breathing and all of these things were actually nourishing me and my baby instead of trying to be skinny because I knew I wasn't going to be able to be skinny. And then having a baby was more important to me than being skinny for the first time. And, um, good to know that there was something in this world that's more important to you. The best part was that after I had Dane and in between Levi and after I had Levi, I was about to say that the best part was of the whole having children. No, 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 no. Finding comfort and self-esteem in yourself was that you got skinny again? No, 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 no. That's not at all as I say. Okay. I am no longer, I am free of this particular idol. This is something that was broken by becoming a mom. Um, I do not obsess over the control over the shape and the way my body looks. I have a really relaxed fitness routine right now. Um, if I do up my fitness routine, it'll be so that I am healthier and stronger and not so that I look a certain way. And I know this does not happen for every Mom, but it definitely happened for me. I that was the way God freed me from from that cycle of obsession. So the question ultimately with regard to exercise is 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 the exercise I'm doing life giving? Is it preparing me and my body for the the call God has on my life? Is it helping me to experience um, creation and experience the gifts of God um, in a more meaningful um, way for longer? And if it's not, if it's for someone else, mm-hmm. it's the opposite of life giving. You're and it's and and it puts you in a bondage that no number of setups will ever get you out of. The next area we were going to look at is the stress and mental health management. Yeah, people keep saying that working out is good for your stress and mental health, but I find it to be very stressful and mentally taxing. <laughs> Um, I don't actually know. This is I have the ESV version in front of me of Psalm fifty five twenty two, um, but I know the Seeds Family Worship version, which is slightly different. Um, which is cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never, never, never let the righteous fall. Um, and that is with regard to stress. That's like the first thing is be like, I am stressed. This is too much. Take it. Um, prayer is absolutely. The most important first step in dealing with stress, in dealing with mental health, um, but I in no way believe that it is the end of the game um, because prayer is not that one way God do it and then God always just does it by some mirac- miracle in my body, right? The answer to prayer is the opening of a door to the right doctor, to the right medicine, to closing the door to the thing that is causing mm-hmm. you stress. God will work in your life, but you have to have your eyes open for him and your and your ears open for what it is that he's telling you that will that will relieve you of the stress. How can he take it if you won't yeah. give it to him? And the answer to that prayer might come in 
a lot of different forms. It might be, you know, go to a, a community support group or a good friend and, you know, get, get honest in a group and talk it out, work it out where you, you kind of have to do that. You might find somebody who has something similar going mm-hmm. on with them that can lead you in a good direction or might have a word for you that, that you couldn't have gotten yourself. Yeah. It might be cutting something out of your life instead of adding something to your life. Like five hours of work to a job that you didn't feel called to. Um, yeah, which you gave to me. I'm still upset that you gave me those. <laughs> yeah, just for one week. But yeah, no, I mean, that was like a huge thing. I did not realize until I, I knew I didn't want to do those five hours. I knew I did not want to do those work. But until I took the like step and was forced to cut them out by our situation with Levi, mm-hmm. I did not realize how much stress it was putting on me. You should talk about the stress cycle. I know that's your thing. Well, yeah. So I, I read a, uh, what is it called? Burnout. The book is called Burnout. <laughs> I read a, what is it called? It's a pink a book. book called Burnout. It's written by a doctor. And, and one of the main things was talking about the stress cycle. And it just talked about um, that when you feel stress and you suppress it, um, it basically like goes into your body and attacks you, whether you like have a broken back or um, an ulcer or whatever, like one of the things that you can do to not basically keep that stress in is um, to exercise or to cry or to laugh, laughing, crying and exercising. I think were three of the biggest things, um, but to just basically get your body over that stressful situation, um, not to just keep internalizing stress um, to do something to basically work out the tension that's associated with it out of your body, do something physical for it. Speaking of doctor's advice, Go see a doctor, talk to a professional, um, preferably, purposefully seek help. Get help from someone else. You can't always do it on your own. God will send people into your life. It could be like a physician. It could be a therapist. It could be actual medication. It could be a lead to lifestyle change. Like, I I think that there is this like negative stigma in Christianity in particular about seeking medicinal or um, medical help for stress and like that's some sort of weakness or that's some sort of lack of trust in God. But why can't the answer from God be go to the doctor? Like, I don't Sometimes understand. The answer from God is I gave you giant brains. When we have a sinus infection, the answer is go to the doctor. If I'm depressed and God answers like you need to go see a doctor, that's why I made him so smart. Um, then yeah. I'm going to go to the doctor. And if God says this medication will help you, keep your mind clear so you can keep it on me and you can keep pursuing my mission for you, then go and do that. The bottom line is that our bodies do not belong to us. Our bodies belong to God and to God's will. And when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, what we mean is we want to be a part of what God is doing on this earth. And when we're talking about nutrition and exercise and managing our own stress and mental health, whatever we can do to maximize our impact in bringing that kingdom to earth. That's what we need to be focused on. Amen. All right. Let's focus on our next segment. So that came up. So the last few weeks we've been doing a programming with our kids um, that specifically is aimed at helping them to understand and give them a bigger heart for worshiping God. And to do that, we brought in our worship leader from the main service into our kids. And she's been like leading them through some songs and kind of and and basically preaching to them about worship and the Holy Spirit. 
And my son goes, mom, why are we doing something different in GS Kids? That's the older one, Dane. And, um, and I said, well, you know, uh, mommy teaches you about the Bible and, and I tell you about the good news. Um, but Miss Jessica is an expert on worship. So she's coming in here to teach us and show us worship. And he goes, oh, and then the three-year-old pipes up who literally just started articulately talking and goes, oh yeah, that's what we're doing too with eggs and bells. And that same week with the big kids, we had been doing like the kind of advanced lesson with our littles. So three months to through preschool, we had been teaching, we can worship with our voices or we can worship with our bodies and literally just teaching them the basic concept of worship. But this three and a half year old totally was able to keep up with my conversation with the big kid and be like, oh yeah, I know what you mean. I'm learning that too. So I think a lot of us like look at like the three-year-olds and are like, oh, just stick them in front of a um, felt board and, Mm -hmm. and sing Jesus loves me, which is not a bad thing to do. They do sing Jesus loves me. But and but they'll get it when they're older. It's like, no, you you steep them in it when they're younger. You give them as much as you can um, and, and, and in a joyful and enriching way. And they might just be getting something they that young. Yeah. yeah, they pick it up. So it's a little scary how much it is up. never too young to start. Speaking of starting, pray to Matt. Dear God, thank you for this wonderful world of, of food and and delicious things to eat and these wonderful bodies, these strong, awesome bodies that can do amazing things that you've given us. But help us take care of those things. Help us make the right decisions when it comes to health, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to mental health. Help us avoid those pitfalls that can trap us in unhealthy situations and help us raise out of that help us raise each other out of that and be there for each other when we're making those decisions so that we can live healthier stronger lives and glorify you not just through what we say and do but how we live and what we are in jesus name amen amen. thanks for listening please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos pod at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.